0: Hey, that is awesome. Can we just say thank you to the Lord and each other for what we get to be part of? If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm really glad to see you today. Thanks for coming, being part of this service. Those of you here in the room, those of you who are with us online, I'm really excited that you're here for this weekend, for what being offered to us. Um, Together is a big word for us, and as watch that summer summary video, um, what we got to do together this summer. Like, that's an amazing thing. If you, if you prayed, if you gave, you served, you were around, like, think of the things that we got to be part of together alone, almost none of that happens. But because we did this together, like, so thank you for being part of that. It's really cool opportunities that we get to have. We get to serve and, and we're gonna use that word together because together, great things happen for us. So today, this weekend, um, you're walking into the third week of our series that we've called The Big Three. And this week we are, the series we're looking at the three leading indicators in lives of people who are doing well, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and mentally. The parts of us that we can't see, if somebody's doing well and the parts of us that we can't see, if they're thriving, if they're growing Odds are really good that these three things are part of their life, part of their experience, they're fully engaged with these things. And so the first week of this series, we talked about the importance of coming to church every week. There's something that happens for us when we gather together in worship. God created us to be in a rhythm where once a week we are engaged with his people and we're engaged with him, and so coming to church every week is a really important thing. Last week, last week we talked about the importance of being in a group. Because again, together, like together, we're together. And having a group of people that you're part of where you're for each other and you're with each other and you're engaged and doing life together. And so if you're not part of a group, big push last weekend was to get connected. Like let us help you get connected to a group. This weekend, I wanna talk with you about the importance of serving and serving on a team. And so as we engage in this concept today, what I wanna do is work our way through this. I wanna share with you four things that Jesus said about serving, some of them are about himself and his role in serving, some of them are just to us about serving, but I wanna engage with you about four things that Jesus said to us about serving, and then after I finish that, just some practical things for us about why you might wanna serve on a team, like why would, why would we engage together in these kinds of things, and then we'll pray together at the end of our time. So if I could start jumping in, the first thing that Jesus said is he said it about himself, And he creates this little mental picture of of a room of people who are there to eat dinner. And it's not just any dinner, like a family dinner, but it's like a social gathering, and there's a group of people who've been invited to come to this social gathering, and and they're there to participate, and there are a group of people who are in that room who are looked down on and who are unseen, but are there to make sure the dinner goes off without a hitch. And so into this scenario, Jesus asks this question, he says, Okay, who's greater, the one who's at the table or the one who serves? And obviously, is it not the one who's at the table, right? The people who are at the table are above in the social stratosphere, they're above the people who are there in the room. And then Jesus makes this statement, he says, but I am among you as one who serves. When you think about this dinner party, there are people who are there at the table and there are people who are unseen and they're just to make sure everything goes good and Jesus says, hey, the greater people are definitely at the table and I'm here as one of the people who are in the background who are there to serve and if you stop and think about that statement for just a moment, that is an incredible, almost unbelievable thing he said. That that he, Jesus, the son of God, God the son, who left heaven and came to earth when you, think about, when you think about his wisdom, the things, the things he taught, the way he knew people, the way he engaged with people, the way he led, when you think about his wisdom and when you think about his power, how, how Jesus, he controlled the weather, he healed people who were sick, he even raised people who had, who had died. And when you think about his wisdom and his power, he belonged not just at the table, he belonged at the head of the table. If, if you create that scenario in your mind and Jesus is in the room, like he deserves the spot of honor. He deserved to be at the head of the table. And instead of taking what he deserved, what Jesus says to his people, he says that I am here among you as one who serves. And so from this statement that Jesus is here among us as one who serves, I think there are a couple of things just to kind of flesh this out for us as we, as we hold on to this weekend as we're emphasizing serving and serving on a team. The first thing that pops into my mind over this is that, that being a servant is not the same thing, it's actually being a servant is greater than doing a service project, okay? Being a servant is different and greater than doing a service project. Now I am, I am not against service projects, like I am all for them, we're for them around here. Service project is a great way to help it's a, it's a great opportunity to jump into a scenario and make things better. It's a great way to help a nonprofit or help at the church. Like we have service projects around here. We do them, we organize them, we cheer for them. I am all for service projects. Like they're a great way in the right circumstance, the right setting, for the right purpose, a service project is a great way to be present and to help. But, but doing a service project is about an action and an activity. Being a servant, Jesus said, I'm here among you as one who serves. Not I'm here on a service project, but I am here to serve you. And being a servant is a totally different thing. Being a servant is about your your mindset. It's about your posture. It's about how you enter a relationship, how you enter a room. And Jesus looked at his people and he says, hey, I'm here among you as one who serves. And, and thinking about Jesus, like it didn't take very long, once he, once he went public with his ministry, he began to teach and he began to do miracles, it didn't take very long before he became a really big deal. Like he, he was a leader, he had followers, he was a teacher, he had students, he, he was, there was a point, there was a point when there were so many people around him and they so desired him to be their leader that they were, they were gonna take him by force and make him be their king. He, Jesus was a really big deal, and he didn't shy away from anything that God had called him to do, or from anything as he engaged in the lives of people. But he didn't do it from the head of the table. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't do it for his own benefit. He didn't do it so that everybody knew he was a big deal. He he stayed, and his 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 mindset and his posture and his attitude was, I'm I'm a servant. I, I came to serve. He said. At a dinner party, you and I would look at today, knowing who Jesus is and knowing what he did, we would say, oh, without question, he belongs at the head of the table. And what he said instead is, the important people go to the head of the table, but I'm, I'm a guy who showed up and I am here to serve. So being a servant is doing is more important than being a servant project. And then the second part of that is presence. Presence is important. When you look at what Jesus said, he used that word, I am among. I'm among you as one who serves. It's really difficult to serve people from a distance, and, and so we have this, this beautiful opportunity to be with people, and again, I was thinking about, as I was prepping for our time together, I was thinking about the scenario that Jesus created for us with the, the room and the people who are at the table and the, and the servants who are in the room for the purpose of making sure all the important people have a great experience, and, and I was just, I was thinking about from Jesus' perspective, like, if, you, if you were a servant in that room, wouldn't you, rather, wouldn't you rather be back in the kitchen and just kind of with the other people who were serving and we're just kind of hanging out and if somebody needs something, we're gonna run in there and take care of it real quick, but we're gonna get out of there because who wants to be around a group of people who look at you like you're a servant? Because one of the things that happens in our world, in our culture, in the circles in which you and I run is, is the people who actually see themselves as a servant and serve, other people get the idea that you're their servant and there are some people who will look at you and treat you like you're a servant and it's really uncomfortable and it's no fun and and you don't wanna be around people who are like that and Jesus looks at us and he says, hey, I'm among you. I'm among you, I'm among you as one who serves and so that kinda led me to think through the account of Jesus's life. We have about a three year picture of Jesus's life in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We've got about a three year window into the life of Jesus. And if you read through Jesus's life, what you find, what you see is, is uncomfortable conversation, difficult interaction. He is, he is moving from one difficult conversation to another. People are, people are happy with him for a little bit and then they're mad at him. People are mad at him from the start. People want him to be their king and then they don't want anything to do with like him. He is moving amongst people who, who do not like him for very long, who, who do not want him around and he is, he is with them to serve them, and I thought how easy it would be for Jesus just to, okay, so I'm gonna walk into, I'm gonna walk into this spot and I'm gonna teach this thing and then I'm gonna pull back. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hide and I'm not gonna engage with anybody until it's time to go have that next you know, big teaching, it could've been so easy for him. And yet what Jesus did was he was always with people. He was always with people, that among, that presence Presence is really important and you and I get the opportunity to follow in Jesus' steps and to, be, and to be present in the lives of other people. Presence, presence is a ministry in and of itself. It's just, just to be around and with people in the midst of difficult things, being present is just, being present is a ministry in and of itself. And being present when, when you're not exactly sure when you don't really know, I don't really know what's gonna happen. I don't really know like, what we're gonna do. I don't really know how this is gonna unfold. I don't really know what's gonna be asked of me. I don't know how they're gonna respond. Being present is still important. Being present is important for, for people who are taking the attitude and the posture of a servant. When I think about presence and the willingness to be a servant and not just do service projects, I think, about, I think about around here, I think about our kids' city teams and about our middle school and high school small group leadership teams and, and how on those kids' city teams, you have, you have people who show up for kids on Sunday morning once or twice a month and never know exactly who's gonna be in the room, never know exactly what's been going on in the lives of these little kiddos this week never knowing exactly how that day is going to unfold and being willing to step into that and be there and be for those kids. And our middle school and high school small group leaders, they, they, they join the group of kids it's, and stay with them through the years. And that to me is amazing, just the willingness to be among middle schoolers and high schoolers as adults are investing in those kids' lives and to stay with them and not just see them weekly at impact, on Sunday nights, but to be there at their ball games and to their sport, at their their musical concerts and, and their, their award ceremonies, like they're there with them and then they're for them and they engage and and you never really know, like you never really know what's gonna be asked of you, what's gonna be required of you, how you're gonna need to step in, but they're present. They're present in people's lives and I'm so so thankful for the opportunity that I have and that we have to rub shoulders with people who are willing to take the posture and the attitude of, a servant and to be present in other people's lives or walking in Jesus's footsteps. He said to us, he says, I'm among you as one who serves. That's the first thing I wanted to talk to us about. The second thing that Jesus said, and he said this about himself too, this is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 45. He said about himself, he says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many that title there that Jesus uses when he calls himself the Son of Man, it's a title he gives himself quite often, and we might miss what it's about. It feels fairly cryptic to us, but his first audience knew, it's from the ancient prophet Daniel, and he he talks about the Son of Man has come to, not to be served, but to serve, basically what he's saying about himself. He's saying, you know, the Most High God, the Son of Man, is like he can equate that with the Most High God, the Most High God has condescended to be with people. And I didn't come so that you could serve me, I came so that I could serve you and give my life for you as a ransom for you. And it's just this, it's this incredible, it's this astounding statement that he makes, this is, this is the mission that Jesus is on, this is why he showed up, in our lives, this is what we reflected on communion, about Jesus's willingness to serve and to give his life, and and we say yes to that, and yes please, as we're receiving what he's offering to us, there's some things that that we get to understand and that, that really add value to this idea of being people who are servants, who are willing to serve. The first of this is that the idea of serving and sacrifice go together. Serving and sacrifice go together. If you're really gonna take the attitude, the posture of servant, it costs. It's not free, it's not easy, it costs. It costs time, it costs energy, it costs money, it costs opportunity, it costs reputation. Like there's, there's a price tag associated with being willing to be a servant to other people, it's it's not free, it's not easy. And, And if you look at this idea of serving and think, well, I would like to do this if it would be like, you know, what's in it for me? Like, that's just not the posture and the attitude of a servant. Servant is there to serve, and if you're going to serve, you're also going to give. You're going to give of yourself into the lives of other people. And so serving and sacrifice, they always go together. And there's, there's, no, there's no way to serve without, without giving and without giving up. One of my favorite definitions of sacrifice is giving up something you love for something you love even more. And, and that's, that's a beautiful statement of what a person who is willing to serve to give up what I love, me, my comfort, my ease, and step into the life of someone that God loves, because I love him and I love you, I get to step in and I'll take on the role of a servant. Serving and sacrifice always go together. The second thing from this is that God's goodness, God's kind of goodness always flows uphill. It always flows uphill. So, so when God's goodness is in you and, and you wanna share his goodness with people in your life, in your circle of influence, the only way for that to happen is for you to become their servant, for you to serve them, because God's goodness always flows uphill. Jesus looked at people and he said, hey, I've served you, now you serve one another. And, and he didn't look at us. If, if, you have, if you wanna have influence for Jesus in the lives of other people, he's what he, he did not say, he never looked at his people and said, hey, here's how you do this. You go get yourself in charge. And then once you get in charge, you take control of the situation and you make the rules and you set the tone and you, you get people in line and you get them doing what I or what you say and once you're like, that my, my goodness will flow through your life down into the lives of the people that you're in charge of. He never said that, he never said that. He said exactly the opposite. What he said is like if you, wanna, if you wanna be great in my kingdom, if you wanna do things my way, if you want your life to make a difference in the same kind of way that Jesus' life made a difference, you take the posture and the attitude of a servant and when you serve people, and when you have the posture and the attitude of a servant and you're willing to serve in this sacrificial service, God's goodness flows from your life into their life and it only flows uphill. His goodness does not flow downhill. So if you have the goodness of God in you and you desire for the people who are in your circle to experience the same kind of goodness, then then the way for that to happen is for you to become their servant, to serve at a cost, to become their servant and God's goodness will flow out of your life up, up into theirs. When I think about this, where this goes on in our church and around here, we have a a team that serves families out at Zumbro Ridge Estates on Mondays. And they go in the late afternoon. So this team of people who are engaged in this service, they're stopping. Whatever's going on in their day, they're stopping in the late afternoon. And so whatever it's costing them the last couple hours of the productive parts of our day. And they they go out there and they minister mainly to kids and, and to the families, the parents. And, and they engage with these kids and they help on multiple levels. They help them with school and they help them with they help them with what they need, with some stuff that they might need physically, they help them with their homework, they help them spiritually, they put on little, like they help them learn the Bible and who Jesus is. Like They just help them, they just show up and, and they don't know. They don't know from Monday to Monday what it's gonna be like. They don't know who's gonna be there, they don't know what kind of day they've had. They don't know who's gonna need help, they don't know what kind of help they're gonna need. But they go, they go and, and they engage and they take the posture and the attitude of a servant and because they're willing to serve, to be servants, God's goodness flows uphill in the lives of these dear families who are our neighbors at Zumbro Ridge Estates and it's this, beautiful, it's this beautiful thing that we get to be part of and we get to be around people who are willing to, to give up, to give up the last part of their Monday and to go and to serve so that God's goodness can flow uphill into the lives of the people that, that desperately want to experience God's goodness. And so, so it's this really cool thing that Jesus said and that we get to live into serving and giving. We get to be the kind of people who, who serve and who sacrifice so that God's goodness can flow uphill into the lives of the people who are around us. That's the second thing that Jesus said. The third thing that Jesus said, and this he's talking to us, he says, the greatest among you will be your servant for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And he's speaking from God's point of view, from heaven's point of view, he's speaking from the kingdom of God's standpoint, and he says, hey, in the kingdom of God, the greatest among you, like the greatest among you, are the people who serve. And that is, that is upside down, the culture in which we live in. There are not very many places where the great people are actually the ones who who serve, who have the posture and the, and the mindset of a servant, and, and Jesus says these, these, are, these are the people who are great from God's point of view. Maybe not, from, maybe not from your boss's point of view, maybe not from your family's point of view, but from God's point of view, when you take on the posture and the attitude of a servant and you show up to serve, like you, you, are, you are practicing greatness from God's point of view. The greatest among you will be your servant. And then he says this, the people who exalt themselves, who are trying to get to the head of the table, Right? if you go back to that first little scenario, the people who exalt themselves, who are trying to get a seat at and get to the head of the table, what happens to them, they're gonna be humbled, and then those who humble themselves and who will take on the posture of a servant, those people will be exalted. And so the question that I'm asking Myself, and I'm gonna just kind of give this to you also is am I serving others or am I exalting myself? And this is really where I spent the most time prepping for our time together. And kind of this is what landed on me as, as I thought about this weekend, as I thought about me, the question: Am I serving others or am I exalting myself? And the first thing I thought is, okay, is is there like a third thing? Right? Because do you hear, do you hear the like, the, Jesus seems to be setting up, there's two groups. There's the group of people who are exalting themselves and then there's the group of people who are serving other people. And, and so I'm like, okay, so is there a third group? What if I just wanna be left alone, right? I, I, don't, I don't necessarily, like, I just wanna be left alone. And, and as I p- process through that, my conclusion is, if you just wanna be left alone, that's still all about you. Right? I just want to be left alone. That's still all about me, and it's about mine, and it's about me being comfortable, and it's like, I, no, I don't I don't need anybody to serve me, and I don't really want to serve anybody. I just want to be left alone, and you hear how many times like, I'm asserting what I want and trying to make sure that my life looks like I want it to look. I don't think there's three groups. I think there's two groups. I think there are people who are serving others And I think there are people who are exalting themselves, even if you're just trying to be left alone. And and so in that, Jesus is making not just an in the moment statement, he's making an eternal declaration that the people who, who are exalting themselves will be humbled and the people who are serving others will be exalted and And I think this is a really important question. Are you you in the group of people who serve others? And if you're not in that group, if you're not in that group, I think that puts you in the group of people who are exalting themselves. And I think this question is worth wrestling through. Am I serving others or am I exalting myself because Serving others is actually, from God's point of view, greatness, and leads to being exalted by God himself. And so, so where do we land in that? Are we serving others or are we exalting ourselves? That's the third thing that Jesus said about serving that I think's important for us to wrestle through. And then this fourth thing. This is from a story that Jesus told and it's, it's a story that he told about the end of days, about the final judgment, about the evaluation of the lives of human beings, how we lived, what we chose to do, where we spent, where we spent our one and only life. And, and the king in this story represents Jesus, and Jesus makes this statement towards the end. He says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so the least of these, when Jesus talks about the least of these, he's talking about people who are, who are vulnerable, you know, about people who are on the edge, about people who, who they don't have any say-so, the culture's pushed them to the edges, and whatever culture happens to look like, and these are the people that, that from the culture's standpoint, don't really fit, they don't really belong we don't really wanna see them, we want them out there away from us. And, and Jesus looks at, he looks at humankind and he says, hey, whatever you did for one of these vulnerable people, whatever you did for one of these marginalized people, whatever you did for one of these people who are in need, you didn't just do it for them, you did it for me. And that is, that is something else. Right? That, that, you would, that you would find Jesus amongst the people that our culture say don't belong. That you, would, that you would find Jesus amongst the people who have been pushed to the edges and, and can't help themselves because of the way our culture works. That, that you would, that's where you would find Jesus and that he would look at people and say, hey, whatever you do from, for the vulnerable and for the marginalized, that's, you're doing that Not just for them, you're doing that for me. And what this tells us is that Jesus has a special place in his heart for the marginalized. He cares, he cares. He cares about people who are alone. He cares about people who are vulnerable. He cares about people who've been pushed to the edges. He cares about people who don't have any say so, who can't find access to just, he cares, he cares. He cares so much that he says, hey, I'm, I'm with you and I'm among you and I'm rewarding people who, who have been given more say so, who have been given more opportunity. I'm rewarding people as they move towards the least of these, what they do for you, they do for me. Jesus cares deeply about, about the marginalized. People who are vulnerable and who don't have any say, so he cares so much for them that he's willing to identify with them and say what you do for them, you do for me. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is back to what we talked about at the beginning. Presence is important. Presence is important. Jesus is with, he's with the marginalized. He's with the vulnerable. He's with them and he allows people like us, even if you're marginalized in a different way or even if you're vulnerable in a different way and we serve one another, we, we get to experience Jesus and we get to be with each other in that. Presence is important, even if you don't know. Even if you're not sure, even if you don't really know how it's gonna go, when I show up in this person's life, I don't know what's gonna be asked of me, I don't know what's gonna be required of me, I don't know how somebody's gonna respond, I don't know. Even when you don't know, presence is really important, getting to, to be with people. And as you minister to them, you actually minister to Jesus what you do to others, you do for him. And I think that's an incredible opportunity that we have as as a church, we have as individual people to move towards people who are on the edges of our culture and find Jesus in and with them. No matter how uncomfortable it makes us, no matter what the unknown, because the discomfort that most people feel when you're being called into something new is, I don't really know how this is going to go. And since we have a struggle of, I don't really know how this is gonna go, we tend, to, we tend to step back from the unknown, but we have the opportunity to step into people's lives and minister to Jesus himself. And so presence, presence is incredibly important. When I think about our church and our community and, and where this goes on, where we see this, we have a beautiful partnership with a ministry here in town called Arrive Ministries. Arrive Ministries welcomes refugees into greater Rochester area, and we have a number of people in our church who participate, serve, with, serve with, with ARRIVE. And as you know, most of the people who come as refugees to Rochester come from places where, where the majority religion is not Christian. And yet, they come here, and we have this beautiful opportunity to love them and to serve them in the name of Jesus. And, and the ministry of ARRIVE is to help people as they arrive to figure out, can you imagine being brought from living in another country and being dropped here? and you don't speak the language, and you don't know how the grocery store works, and you can't drive, and you don't have a job, and you don't understand how the cult, somebody has to take you by the hand in love and show you the way. And Arrive Ministries does, does that, and we love our partnership, and we're so grateful for our partnership. And, and in our midst as a church, there are a number of families in a small group that, that engages with these families who are coming here and loves them and serves them in Jesus' name, and it's, it's a beautiful thing that we get to be part of. And so, so Jesus looks at us and says, what you do for the marginalized, what you do for the people who are on the edge, what you do for people who don't have any say so, you're doing, you're doing that for me. And so, so we hear Jesus and we hear this idea of serving, the importance of having, having an attitude and a posture of a servant, and, and of showing up with the idea that I'm here to serve. So I think the second thing then we've gotta lean into for the next couple minutes is just why would I serve on a team? Right? If I could do these things, I can do these things by myself. It's easier, it's less sacrifice if I do them by myself. Why would, I, why would I serve on a team? And I think there are four things that I just say to you real fast about this. The first is Christian people are always better together. We're always better together. It, do, it doesn't matter. If it, we're maybe more efficient when we're alone, but we're not better. We're always better together. Christianity is a team sport, it's a relationship-based thing. We have relationship with God and we have relationship with one another and out of those relationships flows the goodness of God it always flows uphill but it flows. goodness of God flows out of those relationships and so we're always better together. When we, when we serve together, we're better. There's a, there's a proverb, it's not in the Bible. It's an African proverb and it's, just, it's wisdom. If you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. And, and that's what Jesus set up for us is he never, sent, he never sent any of his followers out alone. He never said, hey, you go over here and you go over here, because we be faster. If you go by yourself, he's like, hey, you guys go over here and you people, you go over this way. Like he, sent them out, he sent us out together. And we're always, we're always better together. Second thing that serving on a team, that commitment helps us become a servant beyond just somebody who's doing a service project. The commitment is like, hey, we're, we're not just doing something, we are something. And that, that idea of being a servant, if you just think about that for a minute, everything inside of you actually rebels against that. I wanna be at the table. Hey, I, I want somebody to bring food, like I want somebody to bring food to me and I want them to take my dishes away and I want somebody to make sure that I have a good experience. Like that's, that's how we're all wired. We, we drift towards, being served, and and when we're on a team, we have the opportunity to remind each other, like hey, we're we're here, we're here not just, we're here as servants, we're here as servants, and we're here to serve, and so it helps me, it helps me overcome that drift that I have to, like I'd rather be at the table, not guys in the background serving, have other people with me saying, uh, ah, we don't sit at the table. We don't we don't fight for a spot at the table. We're not trying to get to the head of the table. We're here, we're here to take care of that, we're here to serve, we're here to serve, and being on a team really helps with that. The third thing, we need camaraderie and we need covering. If you've ever tried to do anything significant in for Jesus in a Christian, if you tried to do it by yourself, it is it is lonely, it gets empty real fast. It's a great way to just that you find yourself at the bottom, and whether you whether you quit, you stop. But we we need each other. We need each other. We need camaraderie. And then the other thing that it has with teams teams have leaders, and leaders provide spiritual covering. You have you have somebody when you're on a team. You have you have somebody, a group of somebodies who are providing service leader servant leadership for you. They're praying for you, they're watching out for you. They're trying to make sure that you're, you're having the right experience as you lean in and as God's goodness flows uphill out of you into the lives of other people and that covering is really important for people who are taking seriously, like we want God's goodness to flow out of our lives. We've, we not just have battles that we can see, we have battles that we can't see. There are things that are going on in the unseen world and there's, there's an enemy of your soul and there's an enemy of the soul of the people you serve. And he wants you to have a miserable experience and he doesn't want you to be any good or any value to them. And having leadership helps provide covering and protection for you as you step into what God is calling you into. And then the last reason that serving on a team, I just put serving squared up there. Because not only do we serve like where we're serving, but when you're on a team, you get to serve other people, you get to serve your team. And it's serving your team and then serving with your team if the opportunities that you have to experience God's kind of goodness flowing in and flowing through your life, the opportunity that you get to have to participate in what God's perspective says is greatness are, are squared. It's, it's just doubled for you, and so it's this, it's this beautiful thing that God gives to us, this opportunity to serve. And so I really hope to raise the value for us as a church. We're, we're not here to be served. As, as individual people, as a community, we're, we're not here to be served, like this is kind of our little mantra from this weekend, like I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. When I walk into the room, I'm here to serve. When I walk into my office, I'm here to serve. When I walk into school, I'm here to serve. When I walk into my house, I'm here to serve. When I walk, you think of the places that you go this week, I'm here to serve, and as, as you take the posture and attitude of a servant, you get to experience greatness from God's standpoint and see his kind of goodness flow uphill into the lives of the people who are around you. So could I pray this for us? Would you guys bow your head and close your eyes with me and let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we are really grateful that you would be willing to serve people like us. We, we know We didn't earn that. We don't deserve that. We're uncomfortable when we think about that. And yet you continue to move towards us and you offer yourself to us. And freely we have received, so freely we get to give. And you told us that the people who serve you, your father will honor. Because serving is from heaven's perspective, greatness. So would you help us? Would you help us be more like you? Would we be yes people to, to being servants so that we can experience your goodness through one another and so that your goodness will flow uphill into the lives of the people who are around us? And Jesus, thanks for again for, for loving us and serving us. We love you and we pray these things in your name, amen.